0: Welcome to the podcast, Foundations for Discipleship. Over there on the other side of the table is Pastor Tim. That is the the, the fictitious table, if you will. It's I'm a pretty Alan long Brace.
1: electronic table we got going here today.
0: Exactly. Uh, I'm Alan Brace. and We're delighted to have you join us. Uh, this is episode 30, and we'll be talking about how we uh, can become stagnant in our walk with the Lord and what that's all about. Uh, I think it, uh, but in before we get to that, Let's talk about the three steps that follow discipleship training. Um, yeah. the first one is, well, discipleship's kind of in the middle of that, right? And
1: the first one is evangelism. Right. So we want to think in in our church here at Tri-City about the three steps that you want to the three basic steps. So step one, evangelism, and that is. If, say, you're reaching out to someone and you're trying to be a mentor, you start a spiritual conversation with them. They mention they want to be in the Bible. And maybe you say, hey, we got this great study called Foundations. We're in our 30th episode, believe it or not, of, on this Foundations. And so by now, you feel like you got a good handle on it. You, you talk to them about it, and then you find out that they have yet to trust in Christ as their Savior. Now, the very first two episodes, or well, first two chapters of the book, which might have been second and third episode, um, dealt with salvation. But it really focuses on the idea that these people likely are already believers or are right at the very end of, of coming to saving faith. And we would say that there's a number of techniques and methods and step one that we can use to engage people with the gospel. Um, That's not something that's really in this podcast, but in in other podcasts in the future, some of the projects we're working on, uh, we would really like to spend some time and give some people some methodology for how to engage someone that's not a believer with the gospel in a biblical, faithful way, calling them to saving faith, but letting the Holy Spirit do the work. Step one.
0: And this is part of a relationship, or are you talking about, uh, you know, the 1970s when it started out to be, uh, you know, street evangelism, or what are are we talking about specifically?
1: You know, I think it's one thing we'll have to jump into when we get to that podcast, and that is, is there a way to engage people you don't know with the gospel? Is there a way to engage people you know uh, casually? But more importantly, how do you engage someone you have a lifelong friendship with, with a gospel in a way that's not weird and awkward, right? So we, that, that's, that's like step one. So that obviously is not this podcast. This podcast right. is step two. And that is, we use the book Foundations here at Tri-City, where we're talking about how do you grow into the body life of a church? And then there's a third step, and we're looking forward to a future project where we're going to be doing one on the walk, which is the companion companion volume to Foundations, and that's how do you go really deep in your walk with the Lord, deals with some real practical applications and and how do we work out um, personal holiness, how do we really commit to a really deep and important relationship with Christ for the rest of our lives.
0: And and having previewed the book and, and started reading through some of the chapters, it, it can be a challenge to us as we examine our, it, it's an examination time for our own personal lives as to where we're at.
1: Yeah, so for our church members, I think you're going to find the same thing that you found with foundations. And that is in every chapter is going to be stuff that you know well. And then there's going to be like a whole nother level of things that you have not thought about for a long time. And maybe even some areas you've never thought about. So if you have never gone through the walk, we're going to encourage you to stay in your same groups and keep going through that. At the same time, be ready to bring someone else into foundations, and if they're not there, go all the way back to step one. Share the gospel with them, see them get saved, then work through foundations, then bring them through the walk.
0: Exactly. Well, we we sort of mentioned that you know we may be stagnant, and, and part of the this uh, edition of the podcast is that. We're going to talk about how you know, sort of encouraging those of who are who are stagnant or who are stopped in a place in their Christian life, and it might be helpful, I guess, if we talk about the American church and where we're at today and how we got here a little bit. Maybe just a little bit of a summary.
1: Yeah. So just earlier today, I was talking with an ethnic pastor um, here in the United States that's involved in planting churches um, ethnically in an ethnic community here in in um, the Midwest and he was talking about this idea that the churches in America are right on the door of pure apostasy. As we were saying, it's not so much that if you go and look at the doctrinal statements of our churches that you're seeing apostasy, but rather when you meet the Christians, the their daily lives, the way that we live out our Christianity has become so um, integrated with the world that there's very little left of authentic Christianity left. And, I think the one thing Foundations has done is it's challenged us at a pretty powerful level that we cannot just become comfortable with the life we're living. And and I think there are those who
0: uh, I have talked to who've gone through the Foundations uh, study um, who felt like they were maybe even sinking as a Christian, you know, they were stagnant before they got started and, and foundations really became um, uh, sort of a jumping off point for them to regain their footing as a Christian. Um,
1: You know, I thought about that. I thought about this word comfort. Um, If you think about this idea, we all have these comfort zones, right? um, And within our Christianity, I'm assuming a lot of our folks in our churches I've been talking to us that have finishing up foundations have said, I'm really in a different place now than I was when I started, you know, when I got started, I felt really comfortable with where I was at. Um, but, but it was stretching out of the comfort zone to come and get involved in starting this discipleship book. Um, and just think about that, that, that's idea. What it means is this, you were, you were being lifted up in your spirit. You were being called to more Christianity, not less. And yet I I think what has happened today is that Christians are becoming increasingly comfortable with that, with what our flesh would say would make us comfortable, which is actually stagnating Christianity. We well, become it's, less it's, and less Christian all the time.
0: It's unsatisfying. It's it's There's there's no comfort in that eventually because you get tired of that too after a while, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's the same effect I have. Every time that I sit down and I open up a bag of chips and I'm watching a TV show and I'm thinking, okay, this is the time I'm supposed to go exercise, right? Um, there, there's this sense of where… Every chip tastes so good at that moment, right? And, and the tired factor is just so intense. But then when I finally get about five minutes in, I think how stupid I would have been to stay on that couch. You know, at least once a week, I think like that. The other six <laughs> days of the week, I'm like, man, I'm so smart. I didn't go hurt myself exercising and didn't stretch anything. And hurt <laughs> I got a
0: little extra energy tonight. Yeah, yeah there you go.
1: And But what we have done is this. We've become like chip eating couch potatoes in the spiritual world in our churches. And you start getting involved in something like foundations and you'll start seeing that in yourself in ways you never thought was there.
0: It's uh yeah, kind of like going to the doctor and, you know, after you've had the lifestyle of couch potato and chip eater uh, and then having him in and, and disciples and foundations was kind of like the doctor telling you, look, get off the couch got to get moving here and and i i think that uh foundations did that for a lot of people so what what is the reason why people sort of stagnate in their christian walk are there are there reasons that we can address i mean that we can point to all
1: right so i'm going to start on the negative but really i'd like to focus on the positive element um and that is that every once in a while it feels like our as christians like we're just stagnated it feels like we're not growing it feels like the the joy isn't quite there it, 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 And and let me start with what is honestly the truth sometimes the reason it feels like we're not doing well spiritually is because we're not mm-hmm. um, maybe we have known sin in our life if i hide sin in my heart um god will not hear me right Um, or, or sometimes we have ignored a sin and there's a spiritual blind spot sometimes to him that knows to do good and does it not to him it is sin. It's just, we ignored the opportunity to do that, which was right. And it started this pattern of where there's actual sin. Um, this is the prodigal son, right? Right. Exactly. I mean, he eventually ends up looking around and he goes, how did I end up eating this stuff that the pigs eat? you know there there's moments in our all of our spiritual walk where we are where we are and we feel like we feel because of the choices we make and those choices were sin and the and how we feel is like we're getting the consequences for sin um i'd like to think that after 30 weeks of looking at foundations that's not the majority of the people tuning in though right well Is it
0: possible to have gone through the whole foundations uh, class, if you will, and come out the other side, see feeling like you're stagnant? I mean, just like nothing's happening. You you've kind of gone through the roller coaster of foundations and now you're just kind of sitting there. Uh, Is it possible to do that?
1: Not only possible, I think it's probable. Um, I'm going to contend from now. I'm going to talk on the emotional level. I think it's very, very probable that a number of the people in our church when they first started foundations were very excited it was like this is what i have been longing for and we you you finally got your first verse memorized again or maybe for the first time you it was like a major success and and you you were looking up every verse and getting the answers exactly right um and, and now that you have made it all the way through the book and probably your answers got a little shorter along the way or a little bit more precise it's very likely that a christian could do everything right in how they've studied and honestly not have any sin in their life and still feel i don't know like they're sinking like like they're stagnating like there's something more and i don't have it yet
0: like they're reaching out and they can't quite reach it
1: yeah, that's a good way to put it, and it's almost like there. It's almost like God has put a stirring in the heart that says, "You're not there yet." It's almost you, you have a sense that God is is leading you and calling you into more than you are, to more than you're doing. And, but when you look back at each chapter, you say, I think, I I think I did chapter one, right? I'm a born again believer, right? I am baptized and and I've been doing this. And and to the best of my knowledge, I'm doing all these things rightly. So why this sense of sadness? Why this sense of lack of fulfillment? That that makes sense? Yeah. And
0: is that, can, can a person use that as a uh, and I'm, I'm looking to you as the, as the wiser of the two of us. Can a person use that as a signal that, that God's calling them to something more? I mean, something deeper, something that's going to stretch them yet again?
1: Actually, I think it is a very common pattern. You see all the way through scripture that faithful people will often go through times of trial and times of seeming dryness before they take the next step. That God has for them. Um, if you think just for example of Naomi, right? Naomi ends up in Moab. She comes back and says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me bitter or Mara, right? Um, and yet at the same time, she's starting to encourage Ruth to to connect to Boaz. She's starting to give wise counsel and, and at the moment she comes back to Bethlehem, she is making the right choices. She's doing the right things, but it doesn't seem like the joy has come back yet. And then all of a sudden you get to chapter four and you see the effects of the wisdom of her counsel. And that is she's holding the baby in her arms, right? There is an element in the Naomi story that's evident in many of us. And that is when, when, we start really doing what God calls us to do. We get through, if you would, 30 weeks, maybe even of foundation study where we can kind of come out in the other end and go, okay, I thought when I got done, I'd be like super pumped for God, but I'm not. What happened?
0: Well, is it, it you've used this phrase on me uh, uh, several times um, as, as an encouragement. Um, but, we need to, as Christians, after, after we've gone through this, we have all this information in us as stored in our, our minds. We need, you've, you've said this to me, we need to think of ourselves as a sponge. We, we are just dripping ready to go. Um, and, and, you know, in that earliest day of, of discipleship, we have, we were soaking it up. Like we couldn't get enough of it fast enough. Um, And then as we go on, And we're filled with biblical truth, the ability to learn and appreciate that, uh, that sense of, of soaking up things sort of diminishes.
1: Yeah, well, I think the reason is this, think about a sponge, if it's completely dry, and that first drop of water that hits the sponge, I mean, think how far down it goes into the sponge, and how big that circle can be, Right. Right. But when you start filling a sponge up with water, there comes a point, and I'm not a scientist, but there's some fancy word of where it hits the maximum amount of of fluid that it can retain, right? Um, at which point you can keep putting that sponge into a bucket, it will con- uh, that's full of water, or a pail of full water, whichever word you prefer, pail or bucket. And what it does is it will get nothing more, right? So the only way to, and we've all played that game where you have to move water from one bucket to another bucket with, um, a sponge. I mean, how do you, when the sponge is completely full of water, how do you get it to suck up more water out of the first bucket? Well, you got to squeeze it. Yeah. Into the other bucket. Right. Right. So if we can understand that simple analogy, I think this is what can happen at the end of foundations. And that is, For many of our members that have gone through this study, what we've done is we've come out the other end of the study going, wow, that was amazing. I learned so much. And then you have this moment of lag emotionally where you're like, so what do I do next? I mean, where do I go with it? And my answer is this. God has not given you all of this information for you to hoard it right right the great yep. commission as you're going make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father son and holy spirit teaching well if you have now inculcated all this knowledge if your sponge is completely full i want to say you're not going to be able to walk into the walk and just have the, and just continue to grow like you did in foundations if you're not taking what you learned in foundations and squeeze it out in the life of somebody else does that make
0: sense. Exactly. Uh, you're, you're full up. You need to you need. And there's a principle of exercising what you've learned um, as a teacher. I can learn all I I've learned things over the years, but it, you really don't apply it. You, you know, they say teachers learn more than the students do. Um, you really don't know that until you've tried to explain it to somebody else. And that's squeezing the sponge. And that's where the fulfillment comes because we need to invest our lives in others by teaching them what we have been taught, as, as Paul told Timothy. But it is, um, it, it's really quite the blessing to, to squeeze our sponges, to squeeze what we've learned out into someone else's sponge, if you will, or into their bucket.
1: Yeah, and what is, this is not a selfish thing. Think about this, what have we been learning about how to do in foundations? And that is to be a better follower of Jesus Christ. Right. And if we have found that to be a good thing, if we have found it to be rewarding and healthy and, and maturing us, then it makes sense that we would want to help somebody else have that same amazing experience that we've had. Right? So what we do is we begin to walk them through that material. But, of course, along the way, we're going to have to review. We're going to have to think about it. They're going to ask questions we never thought of. But here's the most amazing spiritual thing. The moment you commit to helping someone else, it's almost like the whole sponge just starts to squeeze out. It's just like all of a sudden you have this need to learn more from God. You're going to feel completely inadequate to the task. Am I right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Every week I know that
1: feeling <laughs> yeah.
0: and it's it, it, but it's amazing how how much you learn when you squeeze that out and yet you retain the information but you're pouring it out to someone else but if you're required to study and you're required to take more in um, or as part of your walk it's amazing how how fulfilling that is uh, to take it in but also to give it. Uh, It's as, as we know, it's more blessed to give than to receive, but receiving is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. And I think there, Satan loves to tempt us at this very moment, our walk with God. Here's what Satan wants us to do. Satan wants to say, look how much you learned. Think how much you don't know. You're not ready to start investing in someone else. And what the Lord says is this, I'm with you, right? (laughs) And and what your mentor and your pastors are saying to you is, go for it. If you get stuck, we're going to stand next to you and help you. We're going to help you take that next step. And as as you're teaching, you're not alone in this. But Satan's going to want to give you a thousand good reasons why you shouldn't go and teach somebody else. Um, You know, it's been my greatest encouragement in all this has been, I've already seen many of our members begin discipling other people along the way. And every one of them has said the same thing. It took me stepping out of my comfort zone to do this, but it was the most important thing I did in the entire process. Every one of them has come and said that to me that has tried.
0: Well, and I think we kind of go back to our what we said earlier in this podcast about the church, American church in general, just wanting to come in and sit on their padded pew and listen. Where taking that next step is really the most fulfilling part of it, and 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 exercising that faith that you have, and exercising and distributing the information you have in your what we're calling the sponge.
1: Um, well, well, think about this: it, the most comforting thing you would think you could do in our ministry. Is something you already know you're good at. Right. But that is not necessarily that which is going to bring you authentic comfort. It's not going to bring you the joy that you're looking for. It is when you, in faith, remember, what's the definition of faith? The substance, substance of, things of things go on un- Yep, And things unseen. The evidence, right? You don't know. Yep. You don't know how it's yep. going to go. Yeah. When you When you offered someone, hey, I'm willing to teach this foundation study, but I don't know if I'll be any good as a teacher, and I'm really scared, but I want to take time and show you because it was so important to me, you might think you're setting yourself up for major failure, but in truth, what you're doing is you're stepping out of your comfort zone and you're saying, God, I am willing to let you be my strength. And what you're going to find is then you're going to have comfort. Then you're going to have joy. You're going to have fulfillment. And you are going to run to the word of God every day asking for God's help. And you're going to pray like you haven't prayed in a really long time. You see, that's what you want. But it's going to mean stepping out of your comfort zone to get there.
0: I have a friend who uh, is a good mentor for me. And uh, he has said to me, because I've bemoaned on several occasions about not feeling adequate about leading the discipleship group or leading a a Bible study of some sort. And uh, he said, you know, the reason why you feel that way is because God is expecting you to lean on him, not on what you, on you alone. And I think as you, as you step out of your comfort zone, you become more reliant on your faith in Christ rather than on your own abilities and your own strength.
1: Yeah. You know, if you think about this sponge metaphor, when you start, squeezing out some of what you're learning in the life of somebody else what will happen is you're going to become spiritually thirsty again um and and i I guess i would ask everyone that's been through all the lessons of foundations are you as spiritually thirsty now as you were at the beginning of this study Hmm. and and if your answer is well not really it, it, it could be there's sin in your life and if there is you need to confront that and deal with it and, and repent of it and turn from it but it very well may be that the reason you're not as spiritually thirsty is because the sponge is too full you need to go take what you're learning and use it pour it in the life of somebody else squeeze it out and as soon as you start That thirst and that hunger for the word of God, that reliance on the Holy Spirit, that trusting that Christ can do something you can't do yourself, it'll return and it'll return in a powerful and comforting way. I'll tell you, God never leaves those who in faith are pouring their lives in other people in a place where there is no hope, right? What he does is he supplies through his word every answer that's necessary, now, sometimes it means we need help from others, encouragement, advice. Um, there's going to be moments people are going to ask questions. You're going to have to say, I don't know how to answer that, but I'll go talk to my mentor and get back to you, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I guess the challenge that at this point is, you know, if you've been mentored uh, and you've been mentored through the, through the 30 weeks or so of, of the discipleship study, Uh, Is it time for you to mentor someone else? I mean, are you, and and the encouragement is, is if you are feeling full, but you're feeling kind of, I don't know what to do from here on. um, Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's time that you don't ignore those spiritual urges and go and step out of your comfort zone and move forward in your Christian life.
1: Yeah, I would, I would just strongly encourage you look around your neighborhood, look around where you work. Think about who your friend circles are, maybe even your electronic friend circles. And honestly, begin to pray for two, three, or four people in that group. I mean, just pray for them every single day by name and say, God, if that person could just use the teaching of your word, I'm willing. Mm -hmm. I want to say so often, if you pray like that, God answers the prayer and then you will be scared to death exactly (laughs) exactly because you can't send them to me you can't send them to someone no you're gonna have to be willing to say hey let me show you what i've been learning from god's word let's do this study together and i gotta say at that moment your faith is going to be challenged your comfort zone totally blown apart yep and yet you will find a piece that passes all understanding i mean it will come and then you're going to find fulfillment, and you're going to find what you've been really longing for as a born-again believer and a follower of Christ. You're going to find His perfect will.
0: I can tell you from personal experience that once your comfort zone has exploded, there's no going and picking it back up, first of all. Second of all, you get a new comfort zone, and that new comfort zone is so fulfilling. It's just, it's beyond um, what you could imagine, what you could expect. And, uh, it's just an amazing thing that when, when you do that, uh, which of course requires yielding of your life and, and, you know, cleaning the sin out of your life and doing all those things that we've talked about already, but it's an amazing, it's just amazing how quickly, that new comfort zone gets developed, and your thirst for the things of the uh, of the Lord and spiritual things is so quick to develop. It's amazing. You
1: now, as we're finishing up, I just want you to think: if you have finished discipleship, there have been at least one or two people in your life that took time and really invested in you. They they've taught you, and for them, there had been a moment in their life where they were scared to step out and be the teacher. They were scared to be the mentor, but you are so deeply appreciative that they were willing to do that for you. And what I would say is this, now it's time for you to do it for someone else. Now it's time for you to step out of your comfort zone. Now it's time for you to go sacrifice and give up your very life if needed so that you can pour your life in other people. This is what it is, is we're called to do. We're called to give up everything. Leave everything behind and just go and pour our lives into people. Now's your chance, and I know it's going to be scary, but I got to tell you something: you will never look back on the, at this decision with regret if you give it all to Christ. Surrender everything.
0: Well, we thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, as always, we encourage you to pray. Continue to pray for those who you are discipling. Um, your mentees. We also encourage you to seek help in getting out of the spiritual malaise or doldrums uh, that you may find yourself in by, you know, squeezing the sponge. So, uh, and and find a mentor uh, if, if you need some help uh, getting that first step, stepping out of your comfort zone. Find a mentor to encourage, uh, encourage you, and 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 to pray with you and and pray for you. So you have any uh, any last things you want to add to our podcast tonight, Pastor Tim?
1: Can we close in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Our Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for all the time that we've been able to spend just talking together. I know for Al and I, it's just a great fun and joy. And yet I think even as we think about the eternal benefits, we ask that everyone that made it all the way through these 30 podcast lessons, having studied and worked through the Foundations book, Father, we ask that this would help them to take the next step in their walk with you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, we are, we will have perhaps one more podcast, uh, kind of informing you of where what we're doing on some of these other projects and telling you how you can continue uh, to use podcast use these podcasts. So, but for Pastor Tim, I'm Alan. We'll see you later.